back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. And you might recognize somebody on the show today. Yes, Andrea is back. So, yes, retired officer Andrea Casal. Welcome back to the show. Appreciate you being here. Um, and also a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP. We have GullsGunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live. And we are fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, I'm drinking the... Uh, what is it? The rainbow unicorn, Andrea. I don't know. What, what, what do you got there? You got a meltdown, it looks like. So uh, you go to unmute your mic and tell us what you got. Come on. Give us a, give us a flavor, Andrea. I have the strawberry limoncello uh, meltdown, which is very good. One of my favorites, but I love the rainbow unicorn. That's one of my favorites as well. But All this right, is the meltdown. I've got to drink those meltdowns. Yeah, meltdowns, uh, less uh, less uh, caffeine. I think 225 milligrams instead of the 300, which is what I've uh, got going on here. 225. Am I correct, Andrea? Oh, great. You're going to test oh, my eyes here. <laughs> it, I don't know. Where's you. There you go. I'm it's going to be. It's well, it has, it has four. I, I believe you. It has um, electrolytes. It's like, this it's is good this stuff. Is good stuff. It's good stuff. It enhanced fat loss. There you go. Yeah. So anyhow, oh, so thanks. Uh, thanks, Bang, for the sponsorship. <laughs> hey, also a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press for Karen content and Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Uh, we are streaming to eight locations, and YouTube is not one of those, but three of those belong to Red Voice Media, and three of their Facebook pages have one million followers that we're borrowing today. So thanks, Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for letting us borrow your uh, you know, your audience there. So uh, another great show. And, you know, Andrea, I'm going to let you go ahead and open up your mic because I know that there was some news that happened last night, and it is, it is uh, you know, cops versus firefighters, you know, our brothers in red. You know, but uh, it, it's it. You told me it was in California, so I think you got the latest scoop on this. But but what what is it? It's a it's a, a firefighter parks a a a fire engine. So the guys that drive the engines, I guess, are technically called the engineers. And he parked it in a spot. The cop wanted it moved. He wasn't willing to move it, and he gets arrested. And it's all on camera. Is that about yeah, it? That's about it. This Chula Vista, California. As soon as I heard this story, I figured it had to be somewhere either California or something like that, which. Little, you know, it, it it was, and um, it just happened to be that I guess that the officer did not like where the engine was parked. It was a rollover vehicle, so he, I guess, he asked him to move it, and they started arguing, and they were tending to the two. I guess there, I think there were two occupants in the vehicle, and I don't know. The firefighter ended up in handcuffs, and they're they're more focused on, I guess, the the firefighter than tending to the the two that were in the vehicle. Now. It's easy the Monday morning quarterback. I I agree for people you know that are thinking that. And of course, look, our there's a, a healthy banter that goes back and forth between you know cops and firefighters. I mean, am I right, Andrea? Right. So there's so there's a healthy it, banter. <laughs> yeah. So we but we love our firefighter uh, brothers and sisters. So I was a little disheartened to see that. Now look, I I will note that it appeared to me that it was a trooper. Did it? Did the guy look, that rushed him look like a trooper to you? It, it looked like a trooper. We love our troopers, yeah. but it did look like a trooper. They're a little more, a little more hardcore. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I'm thinking. That these troopers are like, they're like all business. And I mean, look, even if we get pulled, you know, if we get pulled over and we're not doing something too crazy by another Leo, there's professional courtesy. Unless you're dealing with a trooper, it can be, I mean, troopers, you're known for like ticketing their own mothers, right? So when that I is- saw the trooper, that explains a little bit. So back when I used to um, own the Leo Affairs website with uh, Sergeant Jim Preston from Tampa, uh, you might remember that there was a situation where a Miami cop on his way to an off-duty gig got pulled over by a female uh, Florida State trooper. And she, it's all on dash cam, 
and she jammed him up. Now, I think he was doing over 100 miles an hour, and she put him in handcuffs on camera and arrested him, I think, for reckless driving. And uh, let me tell you, it our server is actually shut down because of the, uh, you know, it got broke. It, it broke on leoaffairs.com. I'm on a cruise ship in the Caribbean with my wife, and she's waking me up saying, hey, you're on, you know, your website's on TV. So we were all over the national news. So, I mean, I'm on the cruise ship, and, you know, Leo Affairs is up there, and the story. So what had happened, uh, the Miami cops became enraged at FHP for arresting one of their guys. And and let's just say it could have been handled differently. Leave it. I mean, you know, could have called the guy supervisor. It was really a serious issue, you know, with him speeding. He was in a marked car. I mean, you know, so you got a, a marked trooper pulling over a, a marked, uh, you know, city uh, city cop. But anyhow, uh, apparently the local Miami cops went and found a trooper's car parked somewhere and had like a, what, what was it, like a, a, a sanitation truck full of like fish or garbage and dumped it on his car, his marked unit in front of his house and stuff. And the, then the, they, I don't know if I can call it healthy banter anymore, but that stuff started going on. And it just, it was all over the website because it's, it's still the largest law enforcement message board site in the, in, in, in the world. And when I, you know, when I sold it, it had over 500 agencies in 18 countries and it was like the third largest, uh, law enforcement website, but the largest, you know, message board site. So, but I remember all that stuff going down. So this stuff happens, you know, from time to time, but these troopers are all business and, uh, you know, I know I, I was know. worried about driving. I was worried about driving to work for a long time. I'm like, man, I better be careful. Cause I was like, if I saw FHP behind me, I got scared. I was like, this isn't going to be a fun drive if I get pulled over. And I mean, not that I yeah. ever went over the speed limit ever, but <laughs> it was one of those things where, you know, you worried about that, but you know, with the firefighters, we love our firefighters, you know, and, and we need them. And, you know, something like this, I hope there's more to the story, but at the same time, you know, you sit there, you're like, doesn't surprise me in California, you know, we, we have to band together. I mean, it's, you know, there's the division is it shows the division that we have around the country. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the worst case scenario, the where, I mean, look, you've got two agencies, you know, that maybe work for under the same umbrella, but, you know, maybe they're both city agencies or county or whatever, but, and someone's, you know, going to have to be in charge there. So look, I could, look, let's say one of the worst case scenarios, let's say there's a huge traffic backflow. Let's say it's rush hour and you've got a huge traffic jam because the fire engine parked at an angle, which apparently happened in this case. And they, but they're trying to protect the work crews that are going back and forth from the accident scene that are maybe getting dolly stretchers and taking people out or you know that maybe they're working on them and they they need a wide berth i get that uh but i i i just look i'm monday morning quarterbacking but i would have liked to have seen unless it was just a dire situation where you got a, a situation where it's gonna it's gonna like jeopardize you know life you know and liberty or something you know where you have to jam somebody up and i still he arrested the guy but that didn't move the truck i would have rather have seen him if it was if it was really a bad situation call supervisors get you know you can always get a hold of that guy supervisors call it a, a big tow truck if you have to i mean you know that would help solve the problem but arresting that guy is not going to solve the problem and i can guarantee you that that guy's not going to do any time the charges are going to be dropped against the firefighter as well, they, he was back there i think i think they said that he was back in the you know patrol car for about 30 minutes by that time and i don't i mean working midnights almost my entire career you can get a supervisor there within 30 minutes, typically, um, you know, you, you know, unless there's something crazy yeah. going on. But, you know, supervisors could have been called. You can hear the, you know, the comments on the radio, like, you know, we're we're attending to these people on scene. You know, if that's what's going on, you know, I know, Chip, I've seen it. I've seen either, you know, tow truck drivers or police officers that have been, have been hit by, you know, vehicles on the interstate. You know, you have to take all that into consideration. So, 
again, I'm sure there's more to this whole story. I'm sure that we'll find out more later on, but it just seems like there are other avenues that could have been taken rather than, you know, this firefighter sitting in the back of a patrol car for 30 minutes, you know, I'd, you know, I'd rather figure it out later. You know, if he needs to be reprimanded at at work, whatever, but how many times do we used to have to shut down the interstate? Sometimes it just has to be done, you know, short of the mayor telling me, get that fire truck, you know, out of there right now, or I'm coming to arrest you. I would have been like, okay, we can work this out another way. But no, so I've got, you know, a lot of our listeners are streaming or posting messages. So I, I got to ask there, you know, we, we know that you've dated a lot of firefighters in your time. So they're <laughs> asking if you, if you recognized any of the firefighters that were involved in this scenario in California. Well, I don't hang out with a lot of people <laughs> from California. No offense. It's just, you know, we probably have different views. Love California. Thanks. You know, anybody that's watching, I appreciate it. But, um, but yeah, no, haven't dated a lot of firefighters and yeah. I have not hung out with a lot of people from California. I know, I know yeah. some, but. See, I said that I was trying to bait Jimmy, producer Jimmy, to do one of those special sound effects, you know, and he just totally missed his cue. So, wow. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Jimmy. (laughs) All right. So if we've exhausted, you know, that, then we'll, then we'll move on. Hey, also, you know, Andrea, I know that you've been gone, you know, you've got the school thing going on, you know, during the, during the year. So I'm just so thankful that we've got you during the summer. And I know you're hopefully your family's back to watching while you're on the show. I think I don't think that they watch the show unless you're on it. So we need to get you on the show more often because we, you know, we need those those hits. I have a big you know? family. I know I have a big family. No, <laughs> I, I, that's what I think my mom just said she's trying to get on now. She can't get on. But well, uh, she'll, she'll catch up. She'll catch up. <laughs> So, but anyhow, so YouTube for everybody wondering what's going on with YouTube. So yes, we had our second strike from YouTube. And as people may know that if you get three strikes within 90 days, they delete your channel permanently. So we got our second strike and it was for medical misinformation. Now, Andrea, you're going to love this because we feel about the same way. So we have got our second strike. Let me go. Let me go. The first one we got about three weeks ago, it was on a Friday and it was for child safety because we covered a story back when Cody was on the show about four years ago, where a cop off duty in his house, his front yard, he's got some kids causing mayhem. He's got a gun in his right hand. He reaches to the hedges, he grabs a kid, and you can't see the gun at this point, but you hear it go off. Agency said that it was a warning shot, but it was clearly either an accidental or negligent discharge. Uh, But because of that gunshot going off, and you wouldn't know it was a gunshot unless we said so, because you just, you heard a noise. You couldn't, you really didn't know what it was, but they said, you know, they went way back on an old video, child safety violates, that's one strike. I peeled it, said everything that I just told you, and, and they said uh, within like six or eight hours, wrote me back, your appeal's tonight. So that's one strike. <laughs> so then one week later, we're back up. So we're spending for the week, can't upload any channels, can't do live streams or anything. So a week later, we're back up on a Friday. The next Friday, boom, we got our, we got our next hit, which was a week ago. And so we're suspended <laughs> for two weeks now, and that's the one medical misinformation. So apparently... They sent me a link to a show. They didn't give me a timestamp, so they want me to watch the whole 90-minute show. And it's the one where we talked about the January 6th rights and stuff. And Ward was on the show, and Ward was getting into me about my sources of information that I was using. He called the Epoch Times is what he, the way he calls it, and he hates them. <laughs> but we didn't talk about that I could find. I couldn't find anything on COVID. But anyhow, they jammed us up for medical misinformation because they said that we said something about covid or the vaccine that didn't jive with the cdc or the world health organization imagine that and that's against their policy so look more information coming up guys stick with this commercial break we'll be right back all right guys motion dsp this has been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 
15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps. That's import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it kind of automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information that saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough county alone now the benefits can change annually so how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs the answer is simple contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656 especially if you're in the tampa bay area talk to james or bobby meet with them in person they'll save you money on your medication co-pays find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for so again mymedicare.live all right guys welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show we're still live for the boss hog radio studios in plant city florida you know andrea i'm kind of cracking up because during the stream you know guys can type messages to us and stuff but apparently someone here thinks you'd be very good at role playing (laughs) i don't i don't i can't even touch that i can't even touch that i have not i had to look up sailor moon when somebody said something about sailor moon a while back and now i'm sitting there this is this is a trip it's a trip i don't know role playing i mean i guess you know whatever if they want to see me role play next time I'll come, I'll be a blonde or something. I don't know. I identify see, as a female all the time. So that's what I'll be. So I think Sergeant George wrote that one. Maybe I can't remember. No, maybe that was a uh, boat. Yeah. Sergeant George. Yeah. So Sergeant don't worry. George I think her mother, her, her mother's still trying to log in. So I think you're, I think you're so we're good. good right George, now. So. It's okay right now. We're good. I'll let you know when <laughs> she gets in Then we'll, we'll stop the conversation. <laughs> so have we, if we've exhausted the thing about the cops and firefighters and I hope, the right thing well, happens but we exhausted that but we didn't exhaust the youtube thing so if my oh, math is correct you, you're right if my math is correct i think you said two weeks now that we're suspended well we so, got a week so today's friday so we've been suspended for one week and we're, we have one more one week more. on the suspension yeah, yeah okay so we're we're okay like today i'll try to behave I'm going to try and behave and not get, not get your third strike for you. I, well, we're not on, you know, I know that's what I'm saying. Next not, Friday, I'll try. Today, I'm good. Today, yeah. I'm good. I'm unvaccinated. So, I'll, I'll try not to <laughs> I'll try not to say anything that's going to, you know. Isn't that crazy? That, and, of course. You, it's crazy, course, but I, I'll have to watch that episode and figure out, you know, what they were so upset about. You know, and, and you know, it absolutely won't matter. Um, it just won't matter because there's been enough material, enough shows we've done where we've questioned the CDC or the World Health Organization. And, you know, if that's really what their criteria is, I guess the, and the short of it is if you're if you guys are, are listening to the show, don't don't. And I said this over a year ago when we joined Rumble, don't expect our presence on YouTube to remain or you to be able to, to keep watching streams or even uh, the shows, the produced version of the show that producer Will's been putting up on YouTube. Guys, flee and go to Rumble. There's other great platforms. We're also streaming to Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on Facebook. Um, not, I mean, we're on five Facebook pages right now, and three of those belong to Red Voice Media, uh, but um, one belongs to Leo Roundtable, and one's my personal one. So, um, so guys, but just flee YouTube. They, they hate conservatives. They hate law enforcement. 
And, you know, Dan Bongino lost his YouTube channel a while back. He was uh, preaching this and I was listening to him, but I, I wasn't really ready to pull the plug yet. Now, now, now I am. And so, um, yeah, they're going to realize when this is all too late. Well, you know, the crazy thing, Chip, is I think that you've done a really good job of kind of rounding off. I mean, granted, you know, we're pretty vocal about one side, but I think you've done a pretty good job. You know, we all say to each his own for some of those things, you know, when it comes to either the vaccination or, you know, some of the COVID stuff. But we've had a pretty well-rounded group of people saying, like, I mean, I know, you know, we've kind of talked about both sides of it, you know, and I don't understand... Ward certainly has. I mean, you know, <laughs> that guy will that guy will take, you know, he'll take a jab or a poke for any cause. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But really, he was he was on the other side of this. And but, you know, we're we're we're, we're having a discussion is really what we're doing. We're having a discussion. That's right. So it's, it's kind of sad when the other side doesn't even want you to be able to have an educated discussion. And that's, right. and that's how you yeah, that's how you change minds and change opinions, you know, is through the discussion. So if you just yeah. try to ram run it down people's throats, it doesn't work. And to each his own, you know, there's a lot of reasons why each one of us made the decisions that we made. And you know what, as long as you're comfortable with that, then, you know what, I, don't, I just don't understand what the problem should be. But I think that there's enough times where we covered the topic where we said, do what you want to do. I, you know, I'm vocal about what I'm choosing for me and for my family, but you know what, you need to do what you want to do. And I know Brett has been one of the biggest people that has, you know, been, been firm on that all along. Like, you know, this is just what I have to do. Right. You know, we're, we're good. We're good. So thanks. I completely forgot that I had brought that up before the commercial break. So thanks for keeping me on track. Andrea, you're already, you're already paid your salary. Yeah, you already, you already paid for your salary already, you know, so excellent. So, Perfect. all right. So look, moving along here, let's see our next one we've got coming up here. Um, we at lawofficer.com, we have a mistrial declared in a murder trial of an Austin police officer. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because, you know, you know, we covered this way back when, and, and it's still, they're still going to try to, to jam this guy up. But Austin, Texas, mistrial declared by the judge last week during a jury selection. So during jury selection in the murder trial of Austin police officer who was involved in a fatal 2020 on-duty shooting. So the judge is Dana Blasey and uh, reset the trial, which uh, could occur as soon as June the 5th if a panel of 100 potential jurors you know, can be summoned, according to the American statesman. Um, the uh, district attorney uh, is Jose Garza. He is a George Soros-funded radical prosecutor so make no mistake about that and it's kind of interesting how the thing went down but it kind of gives the background about how officer christopher taylor fatally shot mike ramos in a parking lot in southeast austin after a group of officers responded to a 911 call about a person possibly involved in a drug deal and that they had a firearm and when officers got there ramos did not obey the commands, prompted them to use beanbags on him, which, of course, are less lethal. And then Ramos gets into his car and he starts driving. And that's when Taylor, the cop, opened fire. And, but a gun was not located um, for, you know, for the bad guy. And that was on KBUE. Um, and then it kind of goes into the uh, the thing about what happened with the uh, with the jurors and stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of weird that the Travis County Sheriff's launched an investigation. They say that... Uh, Envelopes were mysteriously appearing on vehicles belonging to three potential jurors. And that's kind of some of the stuff that was going down. There were images and words related to the officer involved shooting. And so anyhow, that's they anyhow, that's what caused this mistrial. So we'll we'll keep you guys informed. But Andrea, I think you had some other information too. I was just gonna say I was kind of looking into this a little bit more. I don't think that he's gonna have much of a chance. Unfortunately, it looks like and and I don't know, I mean, this is just what I kind of looked up. It looked like he had another um shooting where he ended up killing somebody in 2019, but the guy had a knife to um, his throat in an apartment complex. As soon as he advanced towards the officers, it was two officers involved. Um, you know, they shot and, and killed him. You know, 
I, unfortunately, when you have a George Soros, you know, DA, you're going to end up having a situation where I don't think he's going to get much of a chance. Um, but, you know, you hope that all of that stuff changes. I think since he had the two strikes against him, they're going to really try and make an example out of him, which is really unfortunate. Because, again, if you watch this video and you listen to the commands, the guy didn't listen. We say it over and over again. Follow commands, follow commands, follow commands. I mean, the, the 911 call, if anybody doesn't know it, the 911 call said that they saw a gun in, um, in Ramos's hand and that he had it pointed towards, you know, the female. We get that information on a call and sometimes, you know, you have to use that information. Thanks, Andrea. All too well. So, guys, uh, we're coming, creeping up at the uh, bottom of the hour for our second commercial break. So we're getting ready to cover um, a couple of news stories that have a video component. Uh, this is some wild stuff, including a woman with a mental health crisis. So stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. So, guys, we're getting ready to talk about Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. And you guys know Gauls, right? I mean, the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition for law enforcement. I mean, if you've got a duty belt on, either everything on that duty belt, including the duty belt itself, either came from Gauls or they or they carry that equipment that is on it. So a great company. And I, Andrea, I don't know if you left TPD before Gauls took over the uniform program, but I know we've gone through a couple companies that were just dropping the ball with uniforms, just some nightmarish stuff going on. But I've heard that Gauls is absolutely killing it at Tampa Police Department. They've even got an office in the second floor lobby at TPD where they're doing uniform stuff for for the troops. So, uh, so so good for them. Maybe if you if you weren't there when Gauls was there, maybe you left too soon. I don't know. I I'm left too it soon. Out there. Left too soon. Gauls.com slash Leo. Check them out today, guys. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live through the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. And lo and behold, during the commercial break, something amazing happened. Yes, we had an appearance, and he's still here. The retired FBI agent Colin Schmidt. So, Colin, thanks so much for for uh, for making it on the show. And I know you haven't met Andrea yet. So, Andrea, Colin, Colin, Andrea. Hi, Colin. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show. They don't want to hear me. They want to hear nice, you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. Thank you. I passed so the baton. Colin, so, leave uh, leave your mic over for one second. I'm going to edit those mic settings real quick here. Yep, you're good. So, I I saw. Um, a background attraction uh, a second ago. So if we could get her and Andrea on the show, I think you and I could just leave call and let them just take it, you know? So, uh, uh, Come on, Chip. Come but on. it's, it, it's all, it's My all mom's good. on now. Mom's on now. Just so mom's you know. Mom's on now. Okay. She's I'll, on now. <laughs> I'll be good. I'll be good. So, uh, yeah, Andrea's, Andrea's uh, Cuban and like, you know, she's got, you know, her family, she's got a huge Cuban family in Florida and they're all like logging on, you know, straining the servers right now to watch the show. So, but we, we appreciate the hit. So, um, to, you know, from the Casal family. So anyhow, um, is there, is it, is it Casal? I guess, are they, is it is Casal the maiden name? No, that's my, I was off married it doesn't sound I, well, Cuban. I mean, no, that's, I just didn't drop it when I got divorced. That's all right. It don't. It's all right. We'll we'll just leave that alone. But it's the Cibrian family. We'll take ah. Cibrian. <laughs> okay. That's, all the, right. that's well, the Cuban side. Shout out to okay. shout out to my family. We lost Colin. That must have been something you said. I don't know. I so know. hopefully Sorry, he'll, he'll be back on. So look, uh, so look, let's get to our, our uh, first news story with the video component and look for our radio and podcast listeners. We'll describe in great detail what's going on so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So Let's um, let's see. Let me add uh, Colin back to the stream. So let's go to this first uh, news story here. So we are at Rumble.com. I think it's the absolutely the best law enforcement video channel out there called This Is Butter at Rumble.com. So a woman is having a mental health crisis and she's shot uh, by 
Um, it's the Louisville Metro Police, uh, but this body cam is being released by the Kentucky State Police. So, but so she's shot by the Louisville Metro Police Department when she points a gun at officers. Imagine that. So let's go and break this down and see what happens. So we've got Kentucky State Police. They released this body cam footage from the incident that happened back on February the 19th. So Louisville Metro Police Department officers, they respond to the area. It's 530 in the afternoon and they have a call of a mental health complaint. So police said the woman has a known history of mental health crisis and was striking her car uh, while pointing a gun at other homes. So when they get there, they find 52-year-old Candy Basil waving a gun, and she's in the streets. So in the body cam footage, police can be heard commanding her to put the gun down. They do it multiple times when they get there, but Basil can be seen approaching officers when they get out of their cars at the residence. So an arrest slip said that Basil was at times pointing the gun at the police officers as she's approaching them, but she wasn't shot yet. So Officer Donna Wyatt, uh, who has been with the department uh, for 19 years. He fires two shots at her uh, after less uh, than a minute of commanding her to drop the gun. Kentucky State Police said that both rounds actually hit her, and um, but she did live. So that's why I said, you know, you know, two shots on target, and, and she survived. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, Andrea and Calm, thinking, check the ammo. You know, what kind of ammo they use? But anyhow, Basil was in court on Wednesday on wanton endangerment of a police officer and menacing charges of all things. And she's currently under under house arrest after that went down. So, um, guys, commentary. Colin, you want to start us off? Well, sounds like another example of the mental health crisis that the law enforcement is dealing with on every single day. And frankly, we the cops uh, are putting in a, being put in a position by our politicians that they have to deal with these people instead of actually giving these people an option other than uh, uh, suicide by a cop. And, you know, once again, uh, kudos out to the police officers for exercising all of that restraint, because I'm sure they could have acted on her threat to them much sooner. They gave her plenty of opportunity to drop the gun, but it was very obvious that her objective was to die at the hands of a police officer. And once again, I think I've commented before, it's another example of the, the, the extreme narcissism and selfishness of that person, even though I'm, they have a deep mental health problems, but now that law enforcement officer and his family is going to be put through absolute hell because they had to use their weapon to to protect themselves and their officers. And frankly, they're going to be put through something when they just showed up to work that day and they just wanted to keep their community safe. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And you're right. They gave her arguably too much of an opportunity. I mean, they, I mean, I was really surprised how long they let this thing play out before they took action. Uh, but, uh, Hey, let me ask you something, uh, ammunition wise, Colin, cause I kind of cracked a joke about the ammo, but in all seriousness though, FBI, uh, you know, where you're, you know, where you're from for, you know, you guys pretty much set the standard for a lot of law enforcement agencies across the country. And the the last study that I remember reading, I think that 10, mil, 10 millimeter, I think, was the round that was like the cure all. But you guys went, to, went back to nine millimeter. And after that happened, a lot of agencies, including mine, we left 40 caliber, went back to nine, if I if I remember correctly. Yes. So, um, 
Um, are they? Is that still the dominant round for law enforcement agencies across the country? For the FBI, they went. They went back to the during my my early my career. They they dumped the ten. They went back to the nine and the forty. And the forty was for a long time the standard. And then they went back to the nine later in my career, and they did it with a. Uh, and we always shot hollow points, but they went with a much hotter round. So Glock was able to uh, reinforce their uh, their weapons because those are frankly the easiest weapon to to care. And frankly, you can do anything to a Glock and it'll continue to shoot. So the FBI standard issue is a Glock. Uh, I believe it's a Glock 19, if I remember 19. correctly. And yeah. and and then with a super hot nine millimeter round with a hollow point. So to to answer your question on stopping, uh, that round is like the what the 45 was 25 or 30 years ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so what Colin's saying for people who aren't picking up on it, he's saying that the technology with ammunition has improved so well that you get the performance and look, you don't get the, the, the slow speed of the 45, but 45, that, that sucker is a slow, it's really a slow traveling bullet, right? I mean, it's just a massive fat round, but the ballistics um, technology and, and it really, I mean, they've got 380s come a long way uh, to where a lot of people carry 380 you know, for a compact pistol instead of a nine miller, just because of the, of the size, they can get away with it because the ballistics have gotten so, uh, have, have just improved so much as well. But it's good to hear that the nine millimeter round is is really jamming now. And so now people that always used to swear by 45s can carry the nine millimeter and, and accomplish about the same amount of, uh, of you know, amount of damage, which is what you're looking for. Yeah, and it, it basically, it's not the old saying, it's not what it, what it does going in, it's what it does coming out. And frankly, the, the exit wound uh, for a nine is, is the nine of today is tremendously bigger than the, the old nine because it's just much faster, hotter round. And, and plus with that hollow point, um, you know, it, when it goes in, it, it starts to tumble and it does a tremendous damage. So, uh, frankly, uh, good question on what these uh, cops were using. Were they what, what kind of round were they using, and, and did they have like uh, ammo from the range in their guns? Is that is that why why it happened? You know, you think you think it was a wad cutter? <laughs> you think a wad cutter came out of that sucker? Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and you know, I know that the recoil. Look, that's a factor. I mean, not just. I'm not just talking about, you know, people, I talk about recoil. They say, yeah, that's why they're going nine millimeter. You get more females to be able to qualify in the range and all that stuff. But no, it's also, you look for everybody, you know, the more recoil that you have, the the harder, you got to get back on target, you know, after you fire around. So, you know, that's, it, it's, it's time on target, you know? And so you have to, if you have to reacquire that target because the recoil has thrown you so far off, that's a, that's a serious issue. Now I do love, we had 40 caliber at Tampa when I ended up pulling the plug and I still had my 40. They let me, they let me keep it, but oh my gosh, the 40 caliber round is really, it's, it's just a sweet, I just, I absolutely love it. Um, and it, I get, you shot 42, I guess, Colin. Yeah, I, and and I, I felt it was the best of both worlds. It was, it, yeah, the stopping power of the 45, but it had the ease of, uh, of, uh, performance of the nine and, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. You're able to keep, keep the, the gun on target. And frankly, you're, uh, the most important thing when you're shooting is those errant rounds and you want to make sure all those rounds go on the target and you, and you want to get it done as few rounds as possible. Uh, we've had seen many videos where these guys, uh, they're, they're acting like they're at the paintball range. Uh, whereas, uh, we gotta, <laughs> we've got to, you and know, pray. spray yeah. and pray instead of just making sure that, you know, one or two to get the job done and then move on. Yeah, excellent. And, and I will say we got, we got really got some good dialogue going on on this stream right now, but I will say the sweetest shooting gun that I have 
um, and that I ever carried on duty was a SIG P226 9mm. That is absolutely my favorite gun, um, bar none. I mean, it's just the most fun gun to shoot, most accurate, and and and, e- and easy easy on the hand, you know, going to the range and firing, you know. And that was my my first gun in the FBI. I loved it, and uh, they had to pry it out of my uh my hands when they made me uh, switch over to the Glock, but I fell in love with the Glock after I shot thousands of rounds through it. And then there was yeah. a time when I had that 1911 uh, when I was on the SWAT wow. team. And uh, that was a beautiful gun, but it had wood grips. And, uh, you know, after training with that for a day, usually I had to put a lot of tape and, and band-aids on the hand. But uh, that was just a, yeah. that was, that was a, a work of art, the 1911. Yeah. And the Glocks, they're not necessarily the prettiest guns, but, uh, but man, they, they do perform. And you're right. They can shoot in just about any, any, any situation and any condition. Um, so, uh, guys, we're getting close to our next commercial break. So um, let's go ahead and take that. But look, the next story coming up also has a video component that we're going to be covering. So stick with us. It's about to get really, really good. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first, and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy in their training. It's approved by major forensic organizations by law enforcement agencies and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Again, gunlearn.com. Check them out. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Network. I, I noticed that Colin during that hookah and vape commercial, he was writing down the information. So uh, if you need us to replay that for you, let us know if you didn't get all those numbers, Colin. So look, guys, uh, back on home. <laughs> Producer Jimmy's on his A game today. So uh, I know he missed the opportunity with you, Andrew, and he, and he does it on call. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, so appreci- I appreciate it. Tom, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so back at uh, rubble.com, this is Butters, the channel. So body and dash cam footage of an officer involved shooting death of Joseph Taylor was released by the state police. So, look, interesting story. So we're in Louisiana. So Louisiana State Police, they've now released the body cam footage from the officer-involved shooting death of Joseph Taylor. He was 33 years old. So Taylor was killed during an officer-involved shooting with the Shreveport Police Department back on April the 23rd. 
So Louisiana State Police said that Taylor was armed with a handgun when he got into a struggle with three officers, okay? Bad guys got a gun, fighting three cops. So after Taylor's death, a number of protests were held outside the uh, SPD, and uh, that, of course, Freeport Police Department headquarters and at Government Plaza. Friends and family of Taylor have called for the mayor and the police chief to resign and for the Department of Justice to investigate. So they want a federal investigation by the DOJ. So Officer Anthony Viscotti, he initiated a traffic stop of a blue 1994 Chevy Caprice uh, for an improper lane change. So the driver was later identified as Joseph Dwayne Taylor. And of course, you know, bad guys always have three names. So we got three, Joseph Dwayne Taylor, right? So during the uh, Officer uh, Viscotti and Taylor's interaction, Taylor uh, becomes uncooperative and he fails to comply with the lawful order to exit the car. So at 9.33 at night, Officer Terry Simmons and Sergeant Daniel Denby, they arrive on the scene. Taylor is physically, uh, he, he, I guess, uh, Taylor physically resisted when the officers tried to take him out of the car. And then there's a struggle. So as Taylor's being taken to the ground, he slammed into a female officer who just is just standing there. She's kind of watching the other guys. She's kind of watching the, the male officers, you know, take him down. But he swings around and he just and he runs right into her. And she's standing adjacent to the open driver's door. So officers say they saw an object in his right hand. So to Viscotti, the original cop, he deploys his taser, which is ineffective. And then the officers become aware that Taylor, he actually the thing in his hand is actually a gun. And when they try to remove his hands from under his body. So the investigation states that when Taylor began to push um, his body up from the ground, the officers, they end up backing away. Viscotti, the cop, fires several rounds from a service weapon. So the agency said that the gun in Taylor's hand was later identified as what could it possibly be? It was a Glock 19. Colin, guys, that karma or what? So the 9mm with an extended magazine and a modification switch. So making the gun fully automatic. Wow, interesting. So uh, Taylor... Look, the last note of this story, Taylor was pronounced dead. So so the bad guy didn't make it out of that situation alive. But, wow, what a story. Um, guys, we got six and a half minutes. Commentary? Uh, just first of all, you know, understanding that, that, once again, you know, putting ourselves in that position, uh, you also have to put in your own personal um uh, firearms policy as well as the uh, the department's firearm policy. The, it appears that they followed their own firearms policy as far as when they use deadly force. And it just appears then, but uh, if if they didn't necessarily have the gun pointed at, at them, that's when the argument's going to be coming from the, the uh, citizens like, well, uh, he didn't point the gun at him. Why are you shooting him? But it comes right back down to, okay, three officers there, two officers there, just just comply. Just put your hands on the steering wheel and just, just go with the flow. And then all you got to say to the officers, I do have a firearm, and then they would pull them out and, and do what they would with any other person that they're t pulling over. And then one other comment I have on that is uh, in California, they're talking about doing away with canines and not allowing uh, canines with officers, which uh, it's very interesting is they want uh, law enforcement to use all these uh, non-lethal uh, instruments to, to gain compliance, but they're going to take that away from law, uh, from cops here in California. So it just, it seems like the, the cops are more and more being put in a no-win situation where anything they do, or if there's any conflict, they're just going to be thrown under the bus. Thanks. Andrea. Well, I just think I'm watching this video. I think the, the officers were very lucky that, um, I mean, he's exiting the vehicle with a firearm. I know, first of all, he didn't comply. And if you look at the traffic stop in general, there were several commands given to him. He started questioning as to why he should be even exiting the vehicle. So, I mean, at that point, you should already have, and I know some people will be like, there are three officers, there's one guy in the car. Doesn't matter. You know, I mean, when you get in a situation like that, you're not, you are not complying. 
so many of these things come down to with use of force, they're not complying. If you go back and you just comply, everything else can be handled later. If, you know, an officer violates some sort of, you know, civil right, whatever, you know, we can go back and look at that later, handle it in court, whatever you need to do. I'm not saying that, you know, that everyone's perfect, but comply, just comply. And as soon as he started exiting with the car with the, with a gun, with a firearm, you know, the officers are lucky. They're lucky he didn't shoot. I don't know what she was doing. I would have shoved her aside if she was on the call. I would have, I would have told that officer, you know, you're in the way. I mean, you're right, you're right by the door. I got to clear him. I got to get him in custody. And then as soon as they saw the firearm, I mean, you have to expect that everybody has a fire on a firearm on them anymore. You have, if he's coming out of the car, expect that he has a firearm. I don't understand, you know, why anybody would question that stop. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry that it ended in loss of life, but thank God it wasn't a police officer. Yeah. Now it's funny that he had a, a Glock, you know, 19. That was modified. Now Glock actually makes a full automatic pistol. It, it's it, Am I wrong? Is it the Glock 18? I'm just going off of my memory. It may not be, but it's, it's, uh, is it the Glock 18? Obviously, it's military or, or active law enforcement. The only guys have access to it. But do you know anything about it, uh, Colin, by chance? I, or? I, I don't know, but I'm just trying to kind of wrap my mind around a fully automatic pistol. I mean, you probably get one or two rounds off and the rest of them are going to go into the ether <laughs> and uh, all over the place because you just can't control a gun like that unless you're unless you shoot like you, Chip, you know, where you have all oh. that uh, <laughs> uh, uh, discipline yeah. and able to p- keep it on target. But uh uh, yeah, in, in this case, I just, you know, and, and we've all been pulled over by law enforcement, either when I was on the job or, or when I wasn't. And I and I, and I come from the perspective like, well, these are uh, there's somebody coming up to my car that has a gun on him. I'm just going to do what I'm told to do. And, and obviously it's a different situation because I'm, I'm, you know, uh, been on the planet a little longer and, and I don't have necessarily the background or the upbringing. And some of these people are being pulled over in these cars. But the simple fact of the matter is the guy's got a gun. He's coming up to my car. He's got a uniform on. I will just do what I'm told and just I want to just get through this. And if I get a ticket, so be it, you know, pay it, deal with my insurance later and then move on. All right. Well, we'll, we'll thank Go ahead, go ahead, Andrea. I was just going to say, Colin, you're exa- exactly correct. You know, that's one of the things is, you know, if you have a police officer stopping you, you already know that there's a gun involved in that situation. They're responsible for that firearm. Now, what you do is that's your choice. However you act or react, you know, that's your choice. You're coming into it with the firearm. You know, you know, a law enforcement officer, what position they're in. We have no idea what we're coming up to. You know what's walking up on you. You at least have more information about me as a police officer coming up to your car than I know about you inside the car and what you have in there. So, I mean, you know, if people would just comply, things would be a lot easier for law enforcement in general. And unfortunately, you know, we have been taught as a society right now that we don't have to do what police officers say. We don't have to respect teachers. We don't have to respect, you know, any any sort of authority. You know, we don't have to respect our parents. I mean, it's just we're going down a whole piss poor um, path. Yeah. So we got about a minute and a half left. Leave your mic open because I need your help with the pronunciation. That store with the woman that got fired for calling 911 is is that Lululemon? Lululemon. Lululemon's not going to send me anything anytime soon because this was a joke. (laughs) This was a joke. Sorry, Lululemon, but. (laughs) Lawofficer.com. Lululemon allegedly, allegedly fires employees, plural, for calling 911. So Georgia woman says she's fired for calling police on three robbers. They stole thousands of dollars worth of clothes from Lululemon store that she worked at. Incident happened during work hours. One of the employees filmed the masked men stealing thousands of dollars of clothing from the store at form shops in Peachtree Corners. So Rachel Rogers, 23 years old, working and captured the moment on cell phone. 
And this is talking the channel too. She goes, they're just full blown, like running in circles. They're grabbing as much stuff as they can get. It's a scary feeling. You don't know how they react. So your reaction is to scream, no, get out, leave. And so her and another former coworker, Jennifer Ferguson, were shaken, uh, but they were uninjured. And I guess she ended up, yeah, they uh, they violated company policy by called 911. And they're supposed to just open up the doors and let people take what they want. And I guess that's what they didn't do. But we got 22 seconds, guys. Go ahead. Uh, those those uh, employees need to hire a lawyer and they're going to get paid and paid a lot. Well, and just I knowing hope. where you're at, a peach tree in Atlanta, I mean, knowing the situation that you're in, you never know, again, what they're going to have. I mean, if anybody's ever been over there, <laughs> it's not the nicest area. It's not the safest. But unfortunately, they did everything they should have done. Great show, guys. Hey, thank you. Colin, leave your mic open. I wanted to mention the the uh, the Wounded Blue at the woundedblue.org. Randy Sutton's, uh, you know, 501c3. They're doing a great work, especially helping cops out suffer from PTSD and other medical issues that are not covered by the Department of Disability Retirements. And hey, um, um, Colin, tell us a little bit about, about what you do and how people can find you. Uh, Cronus Investigation. It's Cronus, uh, C-H-R-O-N-O-S-I-N-V.com. And then I specialize uh, in fraud investigations as well as uh, classic private investigations. And so if you got an embezzlement, give me a call. We'll figure it out. All right. I love that. And of course, I got a ticker going across the bottom of the screen, too, with the correct spelling and stuff, too. And uh, and he gave it for the people that are radio ready on podcast listeners. Also, a shout out Motion DSP, Gauls, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Another huge shout out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. Thanks for letting us borrow your audience. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week, guys. Have a good weekend.